That's just a bad movie. That's what I felt like with Christopher Nolan. And I don't, I don't fault no, like I'm not angry with Christopher Nolan. I like all of his work except for The Dark Knight Did you Rises. You say Christopher Dolan? No, Nolan. You said Dolan. I didn't mean to. Okay. Christopher Dolan, that guy I'm fucking I have issues with. That guy, I hate that guy. Fuck that guy. That guy, you know, he and his bagel shit. Oh, the worst. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. Be advised, these apes are not emotional support animals, and they fling verbal poo. Listen with caution. So, did you watch um, SNL with Adam Sandler last week? I did not. All right. Katie and I were talking about it, and... Uh, you know, at the end of, I don't know if you heard about it, but at the end of the episode, he played a song on his guitar about Chris Farley. I, I think I read, I think I read something about that. No, and I it was, it. it was heartbreaking. I mean, it was just, it was so sweet and wonderful. And Katie and I were talking about that. And I said, that's the thing about like that era of SNL guys is because that was like my, my quote unquote. That was you know, your my, era. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's you know, the when you... late, late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. Um, and knowing that like Sandler and Spade and Farley and Tim Meadows and Rob Schneider and all those, that they're all actually friends. Like they're still buddies. That's yeah. great. And I said, that's what makes the grown up movies so wonderful. Like the grown up movies. Gr- yeah, Adam's grown ups are. I've, ne- yeah. I've never seen one of those. What? Oh, yeah. Grown ups and then grown ups two. And then maybe there's a grown ups three. I don't know. Yeah, um, now once 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 I saw Sandler, I, I love I love uh, what do I love? Happy Gilmore, right? Um, but then once I saw him in Punch Drunk Love, and I loved him in Punch Drunk Love because it's mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies. He was great. In that. I didn't I didn't want to see him do any more dumb bullshit. I wanted I that that was he was so good in that. I went, you know what? That that I want that to be my lasting impression. So I'm not going to watch any of this other nonsense. Like his what is it the the hateful six or the sinful whatever the fuck. Sinf- I'm not yeah, watching. I I don't ever watch that. I have no interest in that shit. But Grown Ups is I mean it's a stupid movie. Like it's a it's not a great movie. But it's not terrible because it's Adam Sandler, Chris Rock, David Spade, Rob Schneider and Kevin James. Okay. And the thing that makes this shit movie wonderful is that you can tell, uh, you can feel the chemistry between these pals. Like, it's just these guys hanging out on a movie set, well, trying like to make each other pack. laugh. It's exactly what it is. That is yeah, exactly what it is. Yeah, because the Rat Pack, yes. none of those movies that the Rat Pack were in were good movies. No. They weren't well-written scripts. They the weren't, original they Ocean's Eleven actors. is shit. Yeah, it's a terrible movie, but... What's fun is sort of that charisma. They get mm-hmm. well. It's one of the things Brian said last week on the. It's, it's like the Marvel movies get along a lot on charisma. Yeah, well, that's a lot of movies get along strictly on just the charisma of the stars. Yeah, yeah, and that's important. And, it, and but when it's good and you combine it with really good filmmaking and really good writing, then you have something that's that's unique and special, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So what are the because uh, uh, it's, it's it's like. What are the bad movies you remember seeing? Like, what are the worst movies you've ever seen that have no... Like, they're so bad that there's no charm, there's no redeeming value, that that just the idea that you saw them has soiled you in some way. What are those movies? 
the only one that's coming to mind right now. Well, the first one that popped into my head was um, Human Centipede. I mean, and Human Centipede. Did two. you watch Humans? Did you? But did you watch them? Yes, Sweeney and I watched them back to back. All in the my way, house. all yeah, the way through. Both of them back to back, all the way through. But and it was, and it it wasn't fun in a camp way. It was just a horrifying. Oh experience. no, that's what I was going to say. Is that like those are the first movies that popped into my head? But I can't say those because it was fun in a camp way. Like they're so bad. Yeah, that it's magnificent. Well, it's like watching The Room, or you know, I yes, mean, it's like The Room. Yes, like a ton ton of movies that are just so misguided and weird. Like anything by Uwe Boll is just so bad. I, I mean, think that, that you just, you kind of have fun watching them because they're just such shit. It's like that mystery th- th- science theater yeah. three thousand kind of thing. It's like yeah. how bad can they be? I'm not talking about that kind of movie. I'm yeah, talking no, about a I'm, movie that there's nothing you can think of that could possibly make the only thing it needs to have done is burnt every copy. So, I would say the movie Short Bus. I did short bus. What's this short is a bus? movie that Katie loves. And when we were first dating, she's like, you've got to watch this movie. You've got to watch this movie. So we watched it together. And I was like, it was over. And I was offended that I'd spent any time with a person who could possibly like this. Like it was that bad. And what, now I what, said, what is it? I honest to God, dude, I could not even tell who, you what it's about. Who directed about. it? What's, I mean, what, who, is it a comedy? Is it a drama? What is it? Uh, let's see. Short bus movie. I don't, it's a, it's supposed to be a comedy. Who's um, in it? Let's see. Um, oh God, let me look it up really quickly because I don't—I honestly don't remember. Um, Sukian Lee, Peter Stickles, P.J. Dubois, directed by John Cameron Mitchell, written by John Cameron Mitchell. Well, John Cameron Mitchell is uh, uh, Hedwig. He's who? Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's John Cameron Mitchell. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, how He's to talk phenomenal. to girls at parties? Yeah, short bus. I need to watch it again because I did not like. I might have. I must have missed something because it was such. My takeaway was that it was such a fucking wretched piece of shit. Um, but yeah, that's the only one I can think of. And maybe, maybe the Dark Knight Rises. Fuck you! I'm serious. That's a great movie. I walked out of that movie pissed. All right, well, see, I was thinking about this as I'm, as I'm thinking about it. There's <laughs> only three movies that come to mind that. I mean, there's only one movie that I recall in my life that I ever walked out of, but it wasn't because it was a bad movie. It was because it was the actual movie was making me want to throw up. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe it was because I was sick already or ate something bad. But I, I and this I, Andy Warhol's Dracula. I was in the theater watching that movie, <laughs> and I just got almost violently ill. And yeah. I, went, I have to leave. It's as I, I'm pretty sure it's the only movie I ever got up in the middle of the theater and just fucking walked out because I was like, a, I was going to barf. So that, but that wasn't because it was a bad movie. It was just because it was making me want to barf. But the three yeah. movies, I thought three movies that I were like, this was so bad that I do exact that I that I actually. I, I really feel like I wish I had the time back. Not that time is, you know, you know, but yeah. uh, the first one is Joel Schumacher's Batman and Robin. That's a piece of crap. It's yeah. the worst. It's so bad on so many levels. I mean, it's so bad on so many levels. See, but I can and find redeeming qualities in that that make it. I can find nothing redeeming about that movie. Not a single frame, not a stitch, not a single performance is worth watching. Is that, that the is, one with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger? That's with Chris Arnold Schwarzenegger's Mr. Freeze and Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy and fucking 
uh, George Clooney That's as Clooney's, Batman yeah. with, bat, with and, the bat nipples and, and Chris Chris O'Donnell and yeah. Alicia Silverstone is That's Batgirl. the line where where it's, George it's Clooney. Such shit. See, this is why it's a great movie though because George Clooney it's not playing a great movie. It's shit playing Doug Ross from his his ER character. That's what he's playing like as as Bruce Wayne and he he has that line where he says to uh to Robin is it Dick Grayson is that the Robin that he is? Yeah, yeah, because the joke, know. yeah, the joke I is he's talking about Uma much. Thurman, and he's like, uh, Dick Grayson has a thing for Uma Thurman, and George Clooney says to Chris O'Donnell, "She's trying to kill you, Dick." It's lines like that that make that movie so perfectly awful. Yeah, yeah but it, but it, I mean, it's moments the, where like, oh, there's ice all over the place, not, and they, can, they can click funny. a button, and and it's it's like just this side funny. of the it's Batman just, TV show. No, even the Batman TV show was at least aware of its camp value and and enjoyed itself. It was cynical, horrifying bullshit. It's you don't Joel think that Schumacher, Schumacher was was aware of this? Oh, I'm sure he was. He's a shitty filmmaker. The Iceman cometh. Please show some mercy. Mercy? I'm afraid that my condition has left me cold to your pleas of mercy. In this universe, there's only one absolute Everything freezes. But you don't think it's he's the in worst. on the joke? Well, I think he thought it was funny, but you know, I think th- you know, I think for some people, flinging a dog turd at your mom's face is hysterical. That is kind of funny. But it's kind of a sh- no. It's a shitty thing to do, and it's not funny. It's just a dick move. I think it was an entire <laughs> movie that was a dick move on everybody else. Which reminds me, speaking of flinging uh, poo at your mom's face, Happy Mother's Day to the moms out there. Happy Mother's Day. Yes, thank you. Uh. Yeah, see, I don't know. Maybe I can just find I can find the little nuggets of joy in most of the crap. But I couldn't find it in Short Bus. I really couldn't find it in Batman, Dark Knight, whatever, Dark Knight All Rises. Right, Dark I just, I couldn't. See, see, Dana and I watched a movie, and this thing is, this is so bad that I've erased. I, have, I could not tell you what this movie is about. It was so bad that we both were like, because she was just like, hey, I want to watch, watch a horror film. Here's this movie called The Void. And so we sat down and we watched The Void. And it was so bad that I I honestly could not tell you anything about this movie other than it was just so bad that we both were like like so seriously disappointed in the experience. Okay, I just I just thought of another one. All right. Me. So I've got I've got Short Bus, Dark Knight Rises, and Frozen. That fuck that Disney animated. See, th- this thing is you're just thinking of movies you don't like. That's not the same as a bad movie so bad that it's just a horrifying piece of oh, shit. Oh, I think Dark that- Knight Rises is maybe perhaps you didn't like the movie, but that's a well-made movie by a high-class director with incredible writing, great performances. Whether you liked where it went 
or Tom Hardy's Bane is not the sign that it's a truly bad movie. That's just a movie you really didn't like. Okay. That's not the same as a movie that is just a recipe of just toxic, acidic bullshit put on a screen, punching you in the face, and making you regret even being alive for those two hours. But that's how I felt with Dark Knight Rises. Really? You hated it that much? I hated it that much. I've never walked out of a movie. What did you hate about that movie specifically that made you hate it that much? I hated... I mean, the easy answer is the Bane character. I hated Tom Hardy's Bane. I couldn't understand a single thing he was saying. I didn't didn't like the weird switch in the end that was like, oh, it's her? Why do they build this up that way? And then like he's suddenly like this little like deformed lapdog for her. It just, it didn't make, like, I get, so I get you just the twist. You just didn't like the story. I didn't like the story. I hated And you didn't like Tom Hardy as Bane. I did not, I, I hated that Batman is walking around literally on the street in the middle of the day. Like, that is not Batman. Batman is the dark knight, and you've got him walking around at fucking two in the afternoon. Come on. That was awesome. That was ridiculous. No, that was that was Christopher Nolan. You got to take it as you don't have to talk about this. Dude, I love Christopher before. Nolan. I mean, The Dark Knight is a that, great movie. Yeah, you got to take it. You gotta take it great. As, you've got to take it as a as a as a continuous three part story, and as the third part of the three part story, I think it's a great film. Okay, I understand. I understand why nobody likes Bane. Nobody likes Bane. I get that. All right, so. You think The Dark Knight is like a truly, like an abortion on a screen, like a fetus thrown at your face from the screen by the director. You think it's that bad? Well, I mean, here's the thing, is that is it as poorly written and directed and casted and acted and everything as Birdemic? No. What? What's Birdemic? Oh, Birdemic is a an indie film that is a gigantic chunk of shit. It's basically... Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds, but awful on every level and not even ripped off well. Wow. Uh, it's, I mean, the, the special effects are, it's basically like, I don't even like, <laughs> like shrinky dink birds, like blue screened onto the oh, wow. frame. It's, I mean, it's, it's remarkably horrible. Uh, and then Birdemic 2 is just there's as a bad. birdemic too Dude, it's these that things, bad these things are pieces of shit as far as movies go but they were so much more enjoyable for me than the dark knight rises all right fair enough so i've got one on my list of of the just movies and this may this actually may put me this might be my dark knight rises like because like i I I can look at Dark Knight Rises and I I can understand why you didn't like it, but I can't I can't put it in a category. And I can of understand why you a did. waste. Yeah, a yeah, waste. It's cool. But this may be this may be my version of that, which is Star Wars: Attack of the Clones. I think it's the fucking worst thing ever. I, I, it hurts me to sit there. Any movie, any yeah. movie that the only way you can watch it is to put it on DVD and skip every odd chapter, so you never have to see Hayden Christensen almost at all. Yeah. Is a bad fucking movie. Yeah, Phantom Menace. I the thing is, everybody pisses and moans about Phantom Menace about oh, it's about politics and all this stuff, and then they watch fucking Game of Thrones, which is mostly all about fucking politics and <laughs> right, shit. Right. So you know, it's like Phantom Menace. Yeah. I get there's some nice things about it. There's some things that I didn't care for, but for the most part, it's fairly entertaining. I don't really have a big 
problem with Jar Jar Binks. I thought he was, you know, it's he like was annoying, but whatever. Yeah, he yeah. was annoying, but that was sort of the character. And Revenge of the Sith, I can go, okay, yeah, it's not the greatest movie, but okay, I'll go yep. with that. Fucking Attack of the Clones, with the exception of the stuff Ian McGregor's in there, like discovering the clone stuff, and the very end, anything. With Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman in that movie. And we're talking about like not having any charisma or any chemistry or anything. It is so bad. It it just infuriates me that they they spent that much money on something that is that fucking bad. It's uncomfortable watching Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. From the moment I met you all those years ago, not a day has gone by when I even thought of you. And now that I'm with you again, I'm in agony. The closer I get to you, the worse it gets. The thought of not being with you, I can't breathe. I'm haunted by the kiss that you should never have given me. My heart is beating. Hoping that that kiss will not become a scar. You are in my very soul, tormenting me. What can I do? I will do anything that you ask. If you are suffering as much as I am, please tell me. We can't. It's just not possible. Anything is possible, Padme. Listen to me. No, you listen. We live in a real world. Come back to it. You're starting to become a Jedi. I'm I'm a senator. If you follow your thoughts through to conclusion, it'll take us to a place we cannot go, regardless of the way we feel about each other. Then you do feel something. I will not let you give up your future for me. You are asking me to be rational. That is something I know I cannot do. Believe me, I wish that I could just wish away my feelings. But I can't. I will not give in to this. Well, you know it. It wouldn't have to be that way. We could keep it a secret. We'd be living a lie. One we couldn't keep even if we wanted to. I couldn't do that. Could you, Anakin, could you live like that? No. You're right. It would destroy us. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I will agree with you on that. Um, but that made me think of another Star Wars film. That, that you hated, that you thought was shit. Yeah, I really didn't like Force One, for, uh, Rogue Rogue One, Rogue Force. You didn't one. like Rogue One? Not nah, no. You know what? I'll, I'm gonna take that back. This is not. You're just, you're you're just making me think now. I. It was. 
in hindsight, I didn't like it. After it was over, I was like, that was totally worthless, except for the last like three minutes with Vader. So in other words, it's so in other again, it goes back to the like last week with the Brian Sweeney thing is I like the movie, except I'm gonna spend all the time and even his own podcast where he spends all the time pissing and moaning about how it didn't make sense. If it didn't make sense and you have that much issue with it, you didn't like the movie. So quit saying you liked it. That's bullshit. Yeah. But that's not the same. It's like, that didn't make any sense, or I didn't like the way the story went, or where it... T- it's, it's sort of like, I understand, like, somebody hates yeah. the movie, like, what is it, the uh, M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dongs, uh, what is it, The Village? Yeah, I didn't like that. That was... Okay, the thing about it is... I don't like most of that stuff, though. I hated the ending, but the movie itself, you can divorce the ending from, mm-hmm. like, the movie... The movie itself isn't terrible. I wouldn't say it's the worst movie I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's... Certainly not his The Last Airbender, which is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, so was I, the that, village I guess the one with the where the trees would blow and no, 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 that's the happening. The happening, the that happening, was a chunk the of happening shit. is kind of the thing is I don't think the happening is the word again a terrible movie. It's like science. It's just that the reveal at the end is so disappointing that it, you can't enjoy it. Yeah. But the thing, I, I feel, quite frankly, I feel the same way about one of the most brilliant films ever made, AI. I don't think I've ever, you know, seen, I've which, never seen that. Well, that was Steven Spielberg yeah. uh, basically taking Kubrick's uh, film yeah. and making it with Haley Joel Osment. I mean, it's, it, and the thing is, the first two-thirds of the movie are fucking brilliant. I mean, they're beautiful to look at. Fascinating concepts, very Philip K. Dick. I mean, it's great. Mm-hmm. And then they do the third act, and the third act is just such a disappointment and kind of ruins the rest of it. So I don't think that makes it a shitty movie. I think it makes a flawed movie. And that if I want to, if whenever I want to watch AI, and sometimes I do, I just watch it up to that two thirds mark and then I stop. So ultimately, we're talking about our feelings here. Well, that's it's art. It's subjective, yeah. of course. Yeah. Of course, that's what we're talking about. Because um, again, like, I mean, <coughs> dude, watch, <laughs> seriously, watch Birdemic and then plan on watching Birdemic, Birdemic too. They're so, so terrible, but in that The Room kind of way, like it's well, that so that's bad. Well, see, the thing is that bad movies that are fun to watch because they're so bad, is it's, it's a whole genre and yeah. there are plenty of indie movies. I mean, there's a ton of like... I mean, you go on Netflix or uh, Prime Video. There are a ton of fucking movies that were made independently. They're super, mostly horror films. Yeah. Just bad movies, but they're so earnest. Yeah. You know, you could see that they were really trying. I guess that's why I hate Joel Schumacher is because he had more money than God to play with and still managed to make a shitty movie filled with stupid jokes that were an insult to anybody that came to watch that movie. But I wonder if Schumacher, again, was he trying to 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 blend what Tim Burton had started in 1989's Batman with the camp of the 1966 uh, Batman t- TV series? Was he trying to blend the two? Is that what he was going for? I don't care what he was going for. I felt I'm like just... he bitch slapped me. But okay, yes, maybe that's what he was going and for. You know, it was that's just a what bad I felt movie. like with Christopher Dolan, and I don't, I don't fault. No, like I'm not angry with Christopher Nolan. I like all of his work except for The Dark Knight Did you Rises. You say Christopher Dolan? No, Nolan. You said Dolan. I didn't mean to. Okay. Christopher Dolan, that guy I'm fucking I have issues with. That guy, I hate that guy. Fuck that I guy. That guy, you know, he and his bagel shit. Oh, the worst. Whatever. Uh, yeah, all right. 
So Christopher Nolan. But like you said, that the Dark Knight Rises is a the third part of a three part story. Yeah, and that's part of what upset me about it is that I felt like, well, this was this is this was a terrible final chapter. So basically, basically, it was the M Night Shyamalan Ding Dong. Is like I liked most of the movie, but then I got to the last part and there was the reveal, and I didn't, and it, and it kind of soiled all the rest of it. It made it less fun. I had an expectation. Part of that is that I mean that's maybe why I hate Star Wars: Attack of the Clones is that I had an expectation yeah. that was so firmly denied and in such a ham-fisted, horrifying way yeah. that I couldn't get past it. And so maybe that's you know maybe that's that's one of the things. And I don't know if that's you know it's, Attack of the Clones so, was just it was uh, it's terrible. What's his face? George uh, Lucas just throwing a bunch of crap at the screen like huge lightsaber fights that were just kind of like what but i There's like the no huge nuance. lightsaber There's fights no, just... what i hated was this 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 shit love story that didn't work yeah. by two actors that didn't care yeah with dialogue written by an eighth grader and it was just uh, i was like you know this is star wars and i don't expect it to be they they can't all be fucking han solo and princess leia they can't all be that right but jesus christ they shouldn't be you know, it, they, I mean, the thing about it is, is like the Hayden Christensen, Natalie Portman relationship in Attack of the Clones made me just as uncomfortable as if they'd have done an entire Luke and Leia like porn scene. Like they really <laughs> got into it. They fell in love. Yeah. They were totally into it. They were going to have babies. And then you find out their brother and sister and you go, what the fuck? Yeah. That's what like. Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman were basically like semi-retarded siblings that were pining and mooning over each other, and it's just so bad. That's a He's good, so bad. That's a good point, though, is that they can't all be Han and Leia, and I yeah. think that that speaks volumes to why the films, all of the films, all five of them, I guess, plus the extras, eight, so what, eight whatever it is now. There's out, eight. Out, well, outside of the original trilogy. So all oh, okay. Star Wars films outside of the original, original okay. trilogy that don't have they, they don't have Han and Leia doing Han and Leia's thing. And I'm not talking about The Force Awakens where Han is in it and Leia is in it. I'm talking yeah. about that relationship. That that sort of it goes to show because uh, yeah. I I think that all those movies pale in great comparison. It's not the Star Wars it's not the lightsabers, it's not the AT-ATs, it's not the Wookiees, it's it was. You don't the call chemistry. them ATATs. You call them ATATs. Really? No, no one calls them ATATs. Really? No one. Grandpa. Is Jesus that... Christ. They're ATATs. They're ATATs. Nobody says ATATs. Why would I call them AT? How do I, how how do you know that? That's how it. Is it in the movie? Because I'm a Star Wars nerd. They're Is called it... ATATs. Fuck. Well, not. Uh, I feel I feel really bad now. I feel like an idiot. You should, you should be embarrassed. No, my problem with the sequels, the prequels, <sighs> the prequels, that's why I think J.J. Abrams kind of found a nice blend, kind of, um, because the first three, you know, A New Hope, yeah. uh, Empire Strikes Empire Back, and Jedi. And, yeah, those three, they didn't realize they were creating something that was going to be culturally significant. They right. were making space operas, and they yeah. were having fun doing it. And you can tell they were having fun doing it. Yeah. They were having a lot of fun. Yep. And then all of a sudden, by the time Lucas came to do the prequels, it had grown so much as a cultural icon that 
they treated it like, okay, now we're doing Shakespeare. Yeah. But but it's Shakespeare in a world of space opera. Yeah. And that doesn't fit. So they took it so seriously that they weren't having any fun. And it was so CG heavy before people, before actors really knew how to do that and writers knew how to write for that kind of stuff. It was so CG heavy that nobody was having any fun and it was all this earnest, serious shit. Yeah. And so by the time you got to Attack of the Clones, it, it was like they had... You know, because that's the thing is Natalie Portman's a good actor. Mm-hmm. Aiden Christensen's never going to be a good actor. I mean, he's fine in certain movies. I've seen Shattered, he's pretty good in. Jumper. I mean, Jumper's Jumper, good. Jumper, yeah, whatever. Yeah, he's fine. Um, but that particular, I think the the weight of the series, the weight of Star Wars was on both of them. Um, I think the direction was like just to be effectless and have no like real emotion. And him like being angry and petulant is just not effective it's just not effective and so their relationship makes no sense and it's just bad acting bad bad acting bad writing yeah nothing about them together makes me happy it just makes me want to like torch stuff and so it's like that's bad that's what i was saying is that the chemistry between harrison ford and carrie fisher and mark hamill uh, and and anthony daniels yeah uh, i mean those core and yeah there's chewbacca and there's you know um, david prouse they were having fun alec guinness right um but that core group, that there was real chemistry there, and you could feel it. And that's what carried it along. I mean, even when shit was really serious, there was still, it was. It's like the Avengers films, you yeah, know, or the, or the yeah. Marvel films. There's yeah moments of levity because like these are friends that have been here before, and they'll figure out how to get through it. Because yeah, they'll figure it you out. You know, what movie? Since we're talking about movies, uh, you know, I'm going to stick with movies. But if you want to go books most resembles your life as it stands right now at this moment. So I thought about this one really hard. I cannot for the life of me think of uh, of any movies. But I've got a book. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, like I said, I figured that's why I said I'm going to stick with movies, but I figured you have a book. So the book is How to Be Good by Nick Hornby. Oh, okay. And just for in case you're not familiar, dear listener, let me just give you a quick... Synopsis. A brutally truthful, compassionate novel about the heart, mind, and soul of a woman who, confronted by her husband's sudden and extreme spiritual conversion, is forced to learn how to be good, whatever that means, and for better or worse. Katie Carr is a good person. Sort of. For years, her husband's been selfish, sarcastic, and underemployed. Huh? Yeah. But now, David has changed. He's become a good person, too really good. He's found a spiritual leader. He has become kind, soft-spoken, and earnest. Katie isn't sure if this is deeply felt conversion, a brain tumor, or David's most brilliantly vicious manipulation yet, because she's finding it more and more difficult to live with David and with herself. So we can... Yeah, so I, I like what you did there. It's... Yeah, The yeah. characters' names are me and my wife, and there's... But yeah, that's that's the book that I'm living right now, because... Shit gets kind of weird in this house sometimes. Yeah, you've become so good. I'm trying really hard to to be good, to yeah. be a better person. I think sometimes she doesn't know how to handle how to that. Take it because that's but no, it's that's it's not you were not a you've never been a bad person. You've just been and I'm not and, and I'm not yeah. also not always a good person. I'm not perfect, but like I at least this is my perception of it. You know, like yeah. I feel like I'm better than I was two years ago, and it's 
it's just it's weird like things are just shifting in this house a little bit or yeah. in this home you know the the broader more ethereal uh meaning of home but yeah so yeah that that's the book i'm living and yeah it helps that the characters names are our names see my movies i pick, i had two movies that, that that occurred to me and i was thinking about it um, and I, I, you know, I'll be honest with you. A lot of it has to do with the fact that being in Vegas, um, you know, and you and I've talked about this offline, uh, you know, I had some sort of expectation that the 30 years of resume that I've built up in Chicago would like help in some way being yeah. in Vegas and nobody gives a shit. It does. It hasn't helped at all. Yeah. It's like, I, in some ways I feel like I'm, you know, 23 years old again, trying to find an entry level job, which is nuts. Yeah. Cause I've been, you know, it's like all the, all the, all the work I've done and all the skills I've built up don't seem to make any difference. So that's very interesting. So the two movies that I, and then the other thing is I'm coming into Vegas looking to do a live lit scene that doesn't exist here. Right. You know, and so I've got this thing. So the two movies that I went, all right, what movie or movies most resemble what my life feels like right now? Office Space and <laughs> and Ed Wood. Mm. Those are my two. Like right now, it's like I'm struggling with the concept of working for bureau, you know, bureaucracy and flair and all this bullshit. And like, what am I willing to? How much of my life am I willing to trade? Mm-hmm. For the money that Dana and I require to be able to live and yeah. do the things we want to do, I mean, there's there, that's the thing is there's stuff Dana and I like to travel. We want to see our folks. Um, we want to move into a bigger place. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that we want to do, and so the question becomes, what are and it it's for Dana too. It's like, what are we willing to do for that money, and is it ultimately worth? sort of that thing. And then the other side of it is, I feel like, you know, the worst film director in the history of mankind who doesn't give a shit because he's still going to do it anyway and look at the costumes. And, you know, the fact that I that I cross-dress so, yeah. know, has a lot to do with it. So you, know? you you feel like George Lucas or M. Night Shyamalan? Shyamalan. Sure. Yeah. Sure. You know, and so it's like, I've got, yeah. those, are, those are, you know, it's like, hmm. all right, that's what... Ed Wood yeah. is a good. That's a that's an interesting choice. I like that. I really it's like. It's one that. of my favorite movies. Yeah. I haven't met. I haven't met. Although I have, while I haven't met my Bella Lugosi, I have had a conversation with Desi Arnaz Jr. Really, who owns a theater in Boulder City, uh-huh. and, I, and it's empty most of the year. So I called him, and this guy, from the stories that I've heard, he basically just goes out, sits out in front of a cafe in Boulder City with his two dogs, yeah. and screams at people. Chews a cigar, smokes a cigar, and just barks at people with yeah. his dogs. Little and Ricky so has I, grown up to be something we never would have thought. Oh, yeah. Well, no, what I talked to him is like, ah! I mean, this is what he sounded like. And I'm like, yeah. you know, this is what I would do. He's like, ah! He's, and I said, you know, what was he? Well, I want to meet you for a drink. I said, well, actually, I want to meet. I'd rather meet at the theater. I don't even know if I have the keys. <laughs> I don't. What? I, I mean, this guy was like, it was like talking to a fucking, it was like talking to Phyllis Diller drunk on her ass. You know, I mean, it was just the weirdest conversation. But uh, so maybe he'll become my uh, my Bella Lugosi. Yeah. You know, you never know. There you go. Because oh, what God, I really want to do is I want to do a veterans show, like a veteran storytelling show, but I want him to be the host. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. God, that'd be good. 
So why haven't you written a screenplay, writer boy? You like your movies. You've got a movie mind. I know why I don't write a screenplay, but why don't you? Um. Well. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, because... I mean, I ha- I have written screenplays before. Um, so why have you? Why'd you stop? Because I didn't think they were any good. It was like eh, there's a shitload of money of in that Netflix. Netflix is always looking for original shit. Well, I'm working on other things that can get me there. I've got this project with Vincent Truman right now. That's yeah. you know, um, yeah, that's not going to be Netflix. Sorry, no, it's going to be Amazon. But yeah, um, that that defeated show that I did with Jason Harris. Yeah, uh, we're working on a defeated movie. Um, it's in early, early production. We're still fleshing out story, barely, but we'll, we'll get there. Uh, I don't know, because all the vehicles that I've had stories for have lended themselves to be plays or books or, uh, or, web, or web series. What's that, what's that play you wrote that I blew off? What was that called? Uh, it was called uh, my, my Six-Year-Old Therapist. So why can't you make that into a, a treatment for a Netflix show? I thought about that, and I thought it worked better... As a novel, so I novelized it. So, and you haven't published it, so it's just what sitting on your computer. I, yeah, I need to. I need to finish. I need to finish it. Like step that shit up. Man. It's like I've got like two chapters left at the end, and because then, then maybe Netflix goes, "Hey, this is great," and they make, it, and then they then I you mean, have I, to write a screenplay. Yeah, I know why I don't write a screenplay. I don't write a screenplay because I used to write plays. Yeah, and my plays were all the same in some level, which is sort of like a bad sort of. Uh, mentally deficient George Bernard Shaw. Like, every main character. Well, I mean, if you know George Bernard Shaw, every play he ever wrote, he's the main character. Mm -hmm. And everybody else that populates it is there to argue with him. Yeah. I mean, that that is the essence of a George Bernard Shaw play. I mean, in almost every case. It depends on... He was good enough to be able to put himself in several characters so that there was, like, a lot of argument going on. But all my plays, everything I ever wrote, and Joe James will tell you the same thing. Everything I wrote ended up the main character was me, <laughs> whether it's a woman or a man or whatever. It was me, pissed off about something, and everybody else in the play was there to argue with me and me to show how I was right. Sounds about and, right. Yeah, and that and that ultimately was like, oh, that's why I can't write a screenplay because I'm a shitty. Like playwright, I just it's my, my that's not good. That's just not a skill I possess. Not the way I think. Yeah, I don't know. I think that I've because I can do it and I enjoy the process of it. Um, I I think I just uh, the way that my creativity, the ideas that I have, they just they lend themselves to other mediums right now. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and then so what? Like, so you write a screenplay, then what do you do with it? You sell it to Netflix? You, I mean. You know, yeah, I don't know. I don't it's, know. It's not that easy, of course. It's not you know, just it's like anything else. It's not that easy. Like I had but that girlfriend e- years ago. She was like, "Why don't you just write a best-selling novel?" And I looked at her and said, "Oh my God, thank you! What a great idea! Why don't I think of that? That I'll I'll be right back. Let me go bang out that best-selling novel and won't have to worry about anything ever again because that's how it works. That's life. You fucking idiot, man." I didn't really. No wonder you didn't. You didn't marry her. I didn't really say that to her, but I. I thought. But you're about trying it. to be a better person. You're trying to be a good person now. I am now. Yeah. It's the baby. It's the kid. 
Well, it's also Katie knows that I could never write a bestseller, so she doesn't put that on me. There you go. She doesn't right. put she that has, expectation has, on me. She has she has lower <laughs> expectations on you. She's than a realist. Your previous yeah. girlfriend. She's a realist. I understand that. I yeah, think Katie's that has, a like, realist who knows I'm worthless, yeah. and the other girlfriend was was an idiot. Yeah, she she saw something in you that was not there. Yeah, and whose fault is yeah. that? That's her fault. Dummy. Totally her fault. All right, Simeon cohort. Here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. My first thing is a listen. Uh, this is a podcast. I've suggested it before. It's a car con carne. But listen to this specific episode. It came out last week. Uh, the title of it is Porno Movies Watered Down for 13-Year-Olds. Mike McFadden is the author of uh, Teen Movie Hell. Uh, they eat Geno's East, which my family owns, and I hooked James, uh, the host, James Van Osdell, up with uh, my family to get that. So it was just, that's kind of cool. Uh, but it's a really funny episode. Uh, James and Mike have a great conversation, and they talk about these 80s movies that we grew up with, much like what you're talking yeah. about, what you've written about. Yep. Uh, and I need to get you this book because it's, it, it, you'll get a kick out of it. And it's similar to an idea that you've been banging around yeah, so it'll help inform films yeah uh, but yeah, yeah it's, it's a really i mean car con carne is a great podcast all, all around but this is a this is a specifically really fun and funny episode all right my first is a listen as well it's called the we hate movies podcast and okay. it is a team a rotating team of comedians um who talk about the worst, just what we've been talking about today. Yeah. Like the fucking worst movies ever made and why they're the worst movies ever made. And it's actually pretty funny. And what is it called again? We Hate Movies? We Hate Movies. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it, it, uh, I've listened to at least six episodes just sort of bouncing around. And every single one, they had, like I said, there's some consistent cast members, but it, it changes around. Very funny guys. Very funny guys and gals. They very funny. They haven't talked about cocktail, have they? You know, I didn't listen to a cocktail episode. It, they probably I, how wouldn't. could they? It's a great. How right, could yeah, they? It's, it's a, a classic. Movie. It's yeah. a classic. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't find that in there. My next thing is a is a watch. Uh, it's a TV. It's a TV series called Happy. It's on the Sci Fi Channel. Yep. Yep. Uh, Christopher Maloney and Pat Oswalt. Pat Oswalt yep. as an animated unicorn. Yeah. Uh, it's in its second season, I believe, but it is third season. It's in its third season. I think it's in its. I think. Well, I think. Yeah. Or no, they just finished second season. They're. they're okay. Yeah. I think third season's coming. So I. I I'm, think I read that. I'm behind the ball on this, but um. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It's dark oh, it's so and funny. Christopher Maloney, who he's fantastic, is is one. I think one of the funniest actors out there. When he yeah. plays funny, it's he's. Well, he reminds, he's just he so... reminds me of John Hamm in that he's known for playing very stoic, yes, yes. manly kind of characters, yeah. but is really just sort of a fucking cut just up. A he's just a hoot. Yeah. 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 Cool. So yeah, yeah happy I like on that. Happy. Um, my second is a read. You know, I love the longreads.com. Yep. This is entitled The Joy of Watching and Rewatching Movies So Bad They're Good by Michael Musto. And uh, again, sort of like in the theme, I'm just keeping the theme, you know, it's like, yeah, and, and it's a really, it, the thing is, reading this made me think exactly like having this conversation, made me yeah. think of movies that that I thought, wow, that's a really shitty movie, but boy, do I really love that movie. 
Yeah. And this is why I love that movie. I love this movie. There's nostalgia going on. There's, you know. See, but we didn't talk about the bad movies that we love, really. We no, talked about the that, movies that we why, hate. Yeah. That's why so you I wanted to go the other way. Okay. Yeah. I thought that would be something worth reading. Um, it was worth reading. I think you'd like to read it. I think other people would like to read it. I think it's a good piece. All right. And uh, my last thing uh, is, is a watch. This is a movie that I love, but is so bad. Oh. It's, uh, it stars Kelly Clarkson in her only starring movie role to date, alongside Justin Gloweri, whatever the whatever his name is. Uh, it's called From Justin to Kelly. And it was, I've never seen that movie. I haven't seen Glitter either. Oh, I haven't seen Glitter. Oh, yeah. yeah From Justin not- to Kelly is, it's like, you know, this was, it came out right after the whole, the first season of, of American Idol. The, American Idol, the yeah, first, yeah. Yeah. That's why she got it. Right. And it's basically like a back to the beat, or a, you know, the, the Annette Frankie Beach movies. It's basically like that, but I don't know if it's as in on the joke as those were. Yeah. But God, is it amazingly wretched. It's See, I kind of want to watch it now. I have it on I've DVD. Never, I've never had any interest in watching it before in my lifetime, but hearing you describe it that way makes me want to makes me want to do that thing, that, that sixth thing. It's, that, that, it's short. You know. It's short. It, give it a go. Yeah. Oh, or, just, sure. or wait till you're in town next, or I come out there, and I'll, if I can remember to bring it, because I, I have it on DVD. We'll watch it. Yeah. We'll watch it and record it. Pop some it. popcorn, snuggle up on the couch. There you go. My final thing is a watch, and it's nothing bad. In fact, it's brilliant. <laughs> Um, I figure you're going to leave something, is have you seen on Netflix Christina Applegate and Linda Carnelli in Dead to Me? Not yet. It is wonderful. It, yeah. I mean, it's smart. It's funny. Um, it's it's an opportunity to see two really excellent actresses, mm-hmm. you know, actors, female actors, um, in their middle years. Mm-hmm. Just knocking it out of the park. I mean, the and you chemistry. Say it, you say it that way because female actors in their middle years is usually a bad thing. Exactly. Right? I mean, you yeah. don't. That's the thing is that's not you. You don't see for the same reason that you don't see a whole lot of superhero movies that feature as a female superhero. You don't get to see a lot of here. Here's a movie or here's a show, mm-hmm. and the entire point of the show, the entire it's it's going to be these two women. These yeah. two women in their 40s. You yeah. don't see that a lot. And this is well-written. Their chemistry is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I mean, just fucking phenomenal. Um, and it is... Uh, I'll just... And the thing about it is I don't mind spoiling because it's obvious. This isn't a twist because you know by middle of the first episode, this is the case. Mm-hmm. That's not... It's like it's like I read like oh don't give away the twist. This isn't a twist. If it was a twist, it would come later. Is basically it starts with Christine Applegate. She's a very angry woman. She's a real estate agent in Florida, and her husband has recently been brutally run down in the road and killed. Yikes! And so she's trying to deal with this fact that she doesn't know how to the grief. She's dealing with grief. Yeah. And so she goes to uh, like a, a self-help sort of uh, prayer circle kind of thing, like dealing with grief. And this woman shows up. It's Linda Cardinelli, Judy. And she desperately seems to want to be her friend. Hmm. And about midway through the first episode, you figure out, oh, 
Linda Carnelli's the woman that ran her husband down. And she's huh. trying to figure out how to make it up to her without telling her she killed her husband. This is the tip of a fucking iceberg of secrets and lies that go between these two women and it, between ancillary characters to these women. It just gets deeper and fucking deeper and weirder and fucking weirder. It's really good. Wow. It's really, really good. And it's a it's a series, right? It's uh, like how, yeah, long, how long are the episodes? Like 30 minutes, like Perfect. 33 minutes each. So it's it's a fast watch. It's eight episodes. I love fast watches, and I love yeah. when they're th- when you can be that good in that tight of time. Like, that's the trick. Yeah, yeah. And they, I'm, I'm telling you, the filmmaking and, like, the, the actual filmmaking is super good. Mm-hmm. The, the, the writing is really concise and clean and funny. Yeah. And it really, and it, what I really love about this this show is it really skirts that line between like laugh out loud moments combined with the fact that you're constantly aware of how much grief both these women are dealing with mm-hmm. and, and how fucked up we get when we're dealing with rage or grief or injustice that we can't explain or deal with. Just... The pressure, sort of like, you know, Christina Applegate's, it's the best thing I've ever seen her in. Yeah. I mean, you can just see that this is a woman that is under such extreme pressure from so many angles in her life. And then each time she finds something else out that is devastating, it's just like, Jesus Christ, it's really quite good. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. I I can't recommend it enough. There you go. And that's it. Rock and roll. That is the show. Enjoy the rest of your Mother's Day. Thanks for listening. Like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, and listen next week, too, please. We'll talk to you next week, man. Bye-bye. Bye. You can listen to the Literate Apecast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. <laughs>